0: This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at PivotBio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Insurance is a part of Most Crop Producers Game Plan However, the use of pasture and range insurance is not as often used by many ranchers. What are the strategies we should consider for both pastures and crops? We talked to a veteran of the industry about his ideas and what he sees producers changing in a time of rising input costs. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, and it's brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. We recently finished our corn harvest, and that included the corn in our Pivot Bioproven field trial. You may remember that Pivot Bioproven is a microbial that adheres to the root of the corn plant. Creating a mutually beneficial, nitrogen-generating partnership that stays strong all the way through harvest. It's weather-resistant, sustainable, and a way to achieve more predictable and productive yields than ever before. So people are always asking me, what were the results from those field trials? Well, for the second year in a row, we noticed a yield boost from our pivot bio-proven corn versus the non-treated corn. This year, it was a boost of about 7 bushels per acre. However, more exciting is the opportunity to replace some of our synthetic nitrogen since Pivot Bioproven is a proven source of nitrogen. And that's a very big factor, especially in this time of higher input prices for synthetic nitrogen. I'll continue to share more results and you can learn more about Pivot Bioproven and field trials throughout the nation by going to pivotbio.com. John Peterson is in the beef business in southeastern Nebraska. His years of experience in the cow-calf industry are worthy of a visit, but on this show we tap into his over-decade-long experience with insurance for pasture, range, and crops. In particular, we spend a good chunk of our time talking about PRF, as it's known. I've found that many of us in the cattle industry know a little bit, but not a lot, about insuring our pasture ground. John shares his personal story and how he sees it as a tool for all ranchers. Plus, we talk about crop insurance and any changes in how we should consider coverage given the higher prices for many inputs. Here's our conversation. John Peterson is my guest, joins me from Nebraska City, Nebraska. John has beef, cattle, and we're also going to talk a little bit of insurance, uh, not only on the, the cattle side, but perhaps even on the crop side as well. John, first of all, thank you for joining me, and why don't you tell people about where you're at there in that uh, southeastern
1: Nebraska area and and what you farm and ranch there? Thanks for asking me. Um, We're in Nebraska City, which is, of course, home of Barber Day, southeast Nebraska. We're basically 45 minutes south, straight south of Omaha or uh, 45 minutes east of Lincoln right on Highway 2. I grew up south of Syracuse. This is kind of where my wife was from. So we moved down here and been here since. And you have a cow-calf operation, is that right? Correct. Yeah, we run about 200 cows, mama cows. We try to AI or ET on most of those. We have uh, a couple club calf sales every, every fall, and we sell some breeding stock in the on the side of that talk about that
0: club calf uh, sale for a moment. Uh, that business I would think seems to be going well. From everything I hear, we have more uh, cattle and, and livestock of all
1: kinds being shown at a lot of these fairs lately. We have. The market has been really strong this fall. Uh, everybody seems upbeat and positive since the COVID deal. They've you know, they canceled some fairs for the last year and now they've green-lighted them and Everybody's pretty pumped up to get back to it, and it's been good this fall. My family started selling club calves in 1974, so it's kind of all I've ever known in my lifetime. Um, we've added some purebred Angus and some purebred Charley along the way. Uh, blend with that, sell some breeding females, and then, you know, of course, come some bulls with that.
0: You've been in it so long. How have you seen that change over the years since uh... – You know, you're, you're not a newcomer to this by any means.
1: Yeah. Well, when we started, of course, everything was a live auction. You know, we would um, get them ready and you'd pick your sale day and, and sold at auction. My dad was an auctioneer and, and, but we'd have a live auction and, you know, we'd done that till, oh, I'm going to say the late eighties. And then it kind of, they started with this online stuff, you know, private treaty sales and online. So then we switched there and and since then have done basically just online auctions with the sale company you know we picture and video and advertise that way and that's the way we do it now and it seems to be working well you know i mean with social media everybody's comfortable and nobody wants to travel anymore so that's kind of the modern way of selling things yeah it has changed quite a
0: bit our, our main purpose for visiting uh, is, of course, talking about some pasture and range insurance and some of the crop insurance work that you do. Before I ask you some specifics about that, perhaps you just want to tell people about your background in working insurance, because I believe you've done that for quite a while as well.
1: Basically, I've been you know, selling insurance for the last 12, 13 years. Um, it just was a nice fit for what we did here uh it was interesting to me the p r f was very comfortable, I guess, because of the the people that I've known my whole life, you know on the ranches and and kind of like this deal you know you can we can talk about insurance and then we can talk about cattle, and that's just a comfortable fit. It's changing, getting a little bit more complex, it seems like all the time, but
0: um yeah, I enjoy it. Well, let's jump into it. And I know that there'll be some people listening to us that are perhaps very familiar and some that know very little or nothing. So why don't you just begin at the basic level and talk about what PRF is, and and then we'll begin asking questions and go a little deeper into it.
1: PRF is basically a a rainfall-triggered insurance for pasture and hayland. It's pretty basic and pretty simple. I mean, it's divided up into basic 17 by 17 mile grids. Uh, You got to pick your intervals all year long. And basically if it rains uh, above 90% of the rainfall or wherever your trigger is, you don't get paid. If uh, if we're dry, you're going to get a check to help subsidize the hay
0: needs or feed needs you need. So let's talk about that then. You mentioned the 17 by 17 grids. So wherever my, my farm or ranch is, is going to be my grid. But you mentioned then that there are what we call them pieces of time. I think they're intervals of two months. Is that right? So I'm going to select what months that I want to be insured for. Is that what I do? Or do I, can I do the whole year? Do I just choose two months? Or
1: how do you approach it? We can do either. Basically, the year split up in two-month intervals. Uh, You have to have at least two intervals. They cannot overlap. So January, February is an interval, February, March, but you can't take January, February, February, March because they would overlap. You can do the odds or the evens and ensure the whole year, basically, if you want to. Um, We've got all the historical data that tells us kind of how it's paid out percentage-wise, how much it's paid out, And, and it varies for, you know, where we're at. South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, all those places,
0: the historical
1: data will show you a lot of different variations of when they get moisture and don't get moisture. And over the last 20 years, when and how it's paid, you know, Um, we've got farmers that are very staunch that want to insure for April, May, June, July, or May, June, July, August. Because if it don't rain, then I'm not going to have any hay or pasture. I'm not going to have pasture, and I'm going to have to feed hay. And they really don't care what the historical data tells them. That in their minds is how they want to ensure, and they do it, and they get along fine, and they're very comfortable with it. I've got guys that will study the historical data, and if it tells them that um, it's paid out extremely well in the last 20 years, taking the February-March interval and whichever intervals that is that's where they want to put their put their insurance and put their acres and and split it up so it just varies on the insured Um, myself i tried to use the historical data in my benefit and we've gotten along well it's it's been nice it's been a uh it's helped feed costs are high i mean they're probably the biggest the biggest bill i face every year running cows is making sure we've got enough feed and and buying it reasonable. And if we come up short, it makes
0: for a long year. Do you think that because fees are relatively high compared to what they have been, that more people are interested in that is in the insurance? Is that what
1: you found? Uh, It has gotten better. Um, it gotten a little easier to sell it. Uh, we've had some success, uh, you know, some of their neighbors have and, and there's nothing, no better advertisement than a neighbor that's happy, you know? Um, at the coffee shop, and I do think so. I do think that our profit margins have gotten closer. Uh, it's gotten tougher to make some money with cattle right now. Feed costs are up. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, bankers, loan officers, they like that when they can kind of cover themselves a little bit,
0: you know. Sure, sure. You mentioned looking at the historical data. What has that driven you to do uh, personally? Do you look at just a couple of those two-month intervals, and, and what time of year do you normally do when you look personally at the, the historical data for your area?
1: You know, on my own personal, we run uh, three to four intervals just to split it up. You know, I'm probably not going to hit the home run if we have one dry one, uh, but I split up my acres. I just use it as a, to cover myself. In my grids here, if I'm remembered, February, March, uh, June, July, August, September, and then I believe we have October, November, or November, December, but those are kind of the different intervals I use, you know, here in my grids, and like I said, we've had, this year, we've had moisture, and it doesn't look like we're going to, you know, we've had some little claims on it, but... uh, if it turns off dry here again, we've still got some coverage.
0: Explain then how the, the coverage works as far as, you know, on crop insurance with corn and soybeans and, and so forth. We can, you know, choose our, our level of 75%, 80%. Is it the same yeah. then with PRF that I get paid at if it's 80% of normal rainfall
1: or, or do I yeah. choose my level yeah. then? No, you can choose your, your trigger, you know, from 70 to 90 we have most everybody at 90. So basically, if it is under 90% of average rainfall for that interval in that grid, it triggers a payment. Yeah, I guess everybody I've got has. And then we have a protection factor from 150%, So or up to 150%. And our subsidy, you know, the government subsidy is based off of your coverage level from that 70, 90%. I mean, RMA is in to pay over 50% of the bill.
0: I know that, of course, every operation is different. There's lots of different coverage levels, but can you give folks an idea of you know, what premiums and what uh, payouts sometimes look like? Because I think that those like yourself that have done it for a while seem to stay in it. So it seems like it is good insurance for a lot, but if folks aren't familiar, how do you try to explain of what perhaps the, the opportunities are out there?
1: You, you know, I guess... For me, it's a long-term thing. Um, I've had clients that have jumped in, and and uh, like with any insurance, nobody likes pay- paying for it, you know. And they'll have a wet year, and uh, they don't like paying that premium, so they'll get out. I think it's a long-term product. I think you get in it, you stay in it. If you look at the historical data, it's paid out well. Um, like most of the the Data on my intervals are 180 to over 200 percent indemnity payment. You know, in a 20 year, in the 20 year history, so it's kind of like everything else. If you jump in and jump out, if you're the, if you time it just right and you're lucky, you'll get a big check and you'll be ahead. Um, I just think you need to be long term with it, and it will be a, it will be a good product.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that can be true for a, a lot of things. Is there a, a, lot sort of a sign-up things, yeah. period then for if those folks are interested in doing it? So we have it certainly for crop insurance. So what is it like for uh, the pasture and range?
1: Uh, actually, they just extended it. We have till December 1 now for sign-up. It had been November 15th. So you will sign up, you know, here in the next few weeks for 2022. Um, and then they'll bill you in the fall. And then those
0: intervals would be all the way through uh, 2022 is when I could sign up. Is that right? So okay. okay,
1: year 2022 year starts January one and goes through December 31. Right. What yeah. other
0: things for for somebody that has been around this not only using the product for a long time but also in the cattle industry? What other things is it important for folks to know because? As I said, some are very familiar. Some don't know much about it at all. So what other types of things do you often get asked about it?
1: The biggest question is, well, where do they measure the rainfall? And that is an unknown answer. (laughs) We take it off the NOAA weather stations, and nobody wants to tell us where the weather stations are exactly at. It's based off of, they use the, let's see, the closest, it's on a, uh, I don't want to say this, a weighted average, so the one closest to your to your point of reference or your your uh, where your pasture is is going to get the heaviest weight, and then they use I think it's four of them if my memory's correct. Um, and the further away they are, the less weight they carry. That is the biggest question I get and the hardest to explain because even even where I live here, uh, close to Nebraska City, Nebraska City itself will get it seems like a lot more rain than I will get at Syracuse. And that's only 14, 16 miles West, you know, but I'm just saying uh, sometime we get a pretty good rain down here. And my pasture's is dry and I feel like maybe I should be getting a check and I don't. And then the next time I get a pretty good rain at Syracuse and we don't get one someplace else. And it comes in at the end of the end of the interval and they're sending me a check and it. That is the part that's the hardest to explain to people.
0: Sure. I know that besides the the pasture and range, which is one of the big things you do, you also write the crop insurance. Just you're looking back over this year, uh, was it a pretty good crop year for southeastern uh, Nebraska or did you have some uh,
1: losses and did that drought hit you in that area? You know, we've been very fortunate here. Um, everybody got everything planted in good shape. We thought the first couple weeks of June, things were, the world was coming to an end. It was hot and it was dry and everybody was pretty down and dumps and we've got some timely rains, big rains. Um, Everybody's telling me they're harvesting the biggest corn and soybean yields right here locally that they've ever raised possibly. So, you know, we had a little wind and very little of that, but we had some areas that caught a little wind and some hail, but right here my insured has been been pretty fortunate this year
0: do you see any changes in the way that uh, folks are insuring or any things that we need to think about as we move into the 2022 year of course we've got a little more time on the the crop insurance types of side of things but you're certainly out there and work with a lot of producers uh, what types of things are, are you seeing because of the added in
1: input costs and stuff um, I guess we got a lot a high percentage of people have all went enterprise units and then they're stacking some wind and hail on to cover that part of it and uh dang sure had people move kind of on the upper edge of the coverage level just basically to cover inputs because they're we're dealing with so much money out there you know they're talking about 12-13 hundred nitrogen right now uh, coming into 2022's crop and you're going to have to have some protection right so
0: in other words people have
1: been you think we'll go ahead and
0: spend the extra money because the input prices are higher they aren't skimping on the insurance to to cut costs
1: they're they're making no, sure that I, they have everything well insured right right it looks to me like they've just become better businessmen um they just know it's it's rather reasonable protection to cover for the huge number of dollars that they're laying out there per acre you mentioned
0: the input costs there can people get anhydrous right now what are nitrogen prices like i mean we hear all kinds of different stories what types of things are you hearing in that southeastern nebraska area just about (laughs) even the availability of
1: inputs let alone the price right um i'd probably be lying to you because i don't know for a fact what it is i've heard from 1250 to over $1,300 a ton. That's if you get it on this fall. There's no guarantee you're going to get it next spring. Um, I, you know, like I said, I you hear everything. Uh, a lot of guys got it bought earlier for seven to 800 And I don't know. I, I, I hope they get something figured out for
0: them. Have you heard of producers then that are changing the way they're going to do their fertilizer or even maybe looking down the road with herbicide programs and so forth or is it just too early to know if they're going to change because they haven't been forced to make that decision yet or do we know
1: you know i think there's a lot of um, lack of a term coffee coffee shop talk you know um trying to figure out their plan what they're going to do some of them are talking about planting more beans um i mean i think there's quite a few of them did go ahead and book some nitrogen early and they're hoping to get done harvesting here so they can get it run on this fall of course the glyphosate that sounds like that's going to be a challenge i think they're all just kind of trying to come up with some different plans you know as far as what they're going to use i don't think they really know yet what they're going to do with depending on what they can get for you know starter blends and seed numbers and and uh you know which chemicals going to be available i think they're just Everybody's kind of, right now they're worried about harvest, but it's all on the back of their mind and they're trying to figure out which way they're going to go.
0: Sure. Yeah, there are a lot of unknowns yet. But before we run out yeah. of time, John, why don't we circle back around to the, the cattle? Just give me your outlook right now. You're, uh, you have the, the cow-calf operation there. How has 2021 been for you? Has it been a good cattle market in your area and uh, been hopefully a profitable
1: season it's been like a wild roller coaster. Calving was one of the the toughest, most miserable times I'd ever spent in my life. We worked for every one of them there for quite a while between the bitter cold, and then we had some mud and some scours, and just everything seemed to want to come. And then we had a nice summer. Craig um, ins went really well. Uh, we had a nice set of calves. Our first sale went really well. We were happy with that. Um got that first group sold. We're getting ready to get a group of heifer calves ready to sell. And then I got a little bull sale we're going to have. Um, I have not sold the feeder cattle yet, depending on who you ask, yeah, which way we're supposed to go there. But they think we could put a little money on them feeder calves yet, which I hope we do just there again. I'm like everybody else. My inputs have gone up. I've just got notice on a deal just before we went on the air that, um, They were going up five bucks a ton on a deal just to offset some diesel costs for trucking. So, you know, everything's moving. Uh, No, it's been a good year. Um, Hopefully we can do it again. And hopefully good
0: grass going into the late fall and uh, winter here for you as well.
1: Actually, we got a little dry, and I'm probably going in a hair short. Well, we had plenty of cattle out there. Um, We lost pasture, so we had things, you know, maybe... A little full, we sold a few cows, but yeah, um, we just picked up about four inches of rain here in the last couple of weeks, and so that's green things up and got a little fall growth going here. If we get a little heat, we just froze for the first time real hard here in the last week, so... Yep. Yep.
0: And we, we did okay. down the road, too. We've had our first uh, uh, frost and uh, killing frost here uh, as well. John, uh, as we wind up here, tell folks how they get uh, in touch with you if they have questions about what we've talked about. I believe you're part of a uh, crop insurance and, and range insurance, if you will, group up there in, in southeastern
1: Nebraska where you're headquartered. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can give me a call on my cell phone or text me at uh, 402 uh eight seven three two 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 four or uh shoot me an email at jpetersoncrop at gmail dot com or you can give uh the auburn agency a call at four oh two two seven four four nine oh two and uh anyone of us be love to talk to you about p r f or
0: well, i really appreciate the time it's uh big good to visit and it's a topic that, uh, as we've mentioned, some people know well and some people don't. But it's one of those things that if folks are interested in, they have until told December to sign up. So it's one, uh, they need to be asking those yep. questions, I guess, if they're going to do something, Correct. correct? Correct. Well, thanks again for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you're not familiar with PRF insurance, it might be worth your time to talk with a local agent and see if it might be beneficial on your operation, as John mentioned. He studies the historical data to get an idea of what is best for him. I appreciate you joining us on your local radio station or via the podcast. Remember, you can catch past shows at farmingthecountryside.com, and you can catch our daily program, American Countryside, on many radio stations or at americancountryside.com as well. And we've got ideas for small towns and rural America at totaltownmakeover.com. Just click on the Resources tab to find many of our TV and radio segments with great ideas. I'm Andrew McCray. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com.